Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete and co-host... Ryan! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. It's a beautiful summer evening, and we are here with pod number 76 for the TFS. Quick way of intro, a couple things we probably won't cover, cover in the pod. The hated AVs which I can't wait for that ESPN 60 or 30 for 30 or whatever it's going to be with the Avs Red Wings. But anyway, they swept and wait on the Rangers Lightning winner for the NHL. So that's your NHL update. Game three of the 12-week NBA championship series is tomorrow. That series is 1-1. The Celtics came back and kind of surprised everybody by taking one on the road, taking game one on the road with zero games of NBA Finals experience up to that point. So I'm still predicting a seven-game series, though. Uh, recruiting is heating up. Michigan State had a bunch of big names uh, on campus this past weekend. I think Ryan's probably going to touch on that in one of our downs. Uh, and just for note, because I like to remind him of it since he beat me last year, I am 5-0-1 against Ryan on the golf course this season. All right, all that nonsense out of the way. Let's go to the podium. Ryan, the lectern is yours. Yep, going to East Lansing. Um, news came out. Um, this afternoon, all over Twitter, all the Michigan State football players were posting this. I'm just going to read it directly, um, kind of put out a memo there. It says, East Lansing NIL Club, statement from Michigan State football players. Dear Michigan State family, the era of NIL is here. Name, image, and likeness has captured national headlines about how it will impact the transfer portal and recruiting. As players dedica- dedicated to our team and winning a national championship, we aren't interested in the, in the noise. We believe there is a better way for us to use NIL to enhance our program and support our mission of winning. MSU football is about the team. With this in mind, we have come together to launch the East Lansing NIL Club. The East Lansing NIL Club is a membership-based community that allows fans to access the players like never before. We will have an online community where fans can chat with us and get access to exclusive behind-the-scenes content from all the guys on the team. The proceeds from the club will support every single member of the team who is participating, including everyone will allow us to reach our maximum potential both on and off the field. Beginning in July 2022, we are going to sell a limited number of East Lansing NIL Club access passes. These digital access passes will be your ticket, the online community, and in-person player events that we host throughout the season. Get behind the team and please join the waitlist at eastlansingnilclub.com. We're excited for the future of NIL and can't wait to build an awesome community and experience for our fans. Go green. That's a pretty cool thing. They came up with that together. It's kind of a good way to... It's the good side of NIL, if there is a good side. I, yeah. I think you can do it right if you 
don't just throw millions of dollars at people who are unproven just because they dominate in high school sports. So kudos to Michigan State for taking a right step to make it right and include the community in that. Now, of course, for my podium, because for our regular listeners, they would know, typically it wouldn't be an Andy podium without something quasi-political where I don't share my political views, but you clearly know my political views. This is, though, sports-centric in that if you missed it, of course, it's Pride Month. Great. Celebrate what you are. I've got no problem with that. Don't think we need months for all these different things in the world that everybody likes. We don't have a month for things that I like and things that Ryan likes and whatever, but whatever. That's There's nothing wrong with that, as Jerry Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld would say. But I want to say and call out, there are, I believe it was six Tampa Bay Rays players who after the team promised their fans, everybody would wear pride patches for the month of June. Six players stood up and said, you didn't ask us. No, we refuse to. It's against our religious beliefs. Bravo, applause, kudos to those six for standing up. Because here's the problem. As the people who typically believe that are too polite to say anything. So I, for one, am happy that there are people that are athletes. I don't know who they are. I don't know if they're the stars of the team. I don't know if they're you know backups. I don't know what they are. But regardless, for making a stand for what they believe is right. And I, and I look, I, you can make a stand for what you believe is right. We might disagree. But it's okay to disagree and agree to disagree. People on maybe my side and these six-player side don't have to agree with your take. And you don't have to agree with our take. But we can meet in the middle. And those who choose not to don't have to. Much like the vaccine. If you choose not to, you don't have to. It's a choice. Novel concept. That's our country. That's what the Constitution is founded on. So in light of last week where we said how the Tigers were secretly funneling money from their Pride Day to to help reshape the gender of people under 18, this is a good story of players on a team that said, no, you don't speak for us organization. And I don't care if there's going to be ramifications. You want to suspend us. You want to whatever. It's our right to choose. And I agree with that. And I applaud that. And I want to call that out as the right thing to do. And just like everybody wants to have their voice, it's okay for the side who believes they're right to also have a voice in this matter. I think that it's about time that somebody stood up for the right side of beliefs instead of the other side just because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. So that's my podium for the week. My tee up. So Ryan and I always struggle with this. It's harder during not basketball and football season because there's just there's not that many things to tee up. I mean, a couple weeks ago, obviously, you had like the Saban and Fisher situation and things like that. But so if anybody who happens to follow the final score on TikTok, my, most of my videos, and I only post a handful. I posted one last week of Ryan, for example. They might maybe they'll get a thousand views. I posted one Sunday because I have had it on golf courses, and it's got over 6,000 views, and a lot of them are rednecks who disagreed with me or wanted to, to needle at me and say, yeah, what's the course, because I want to do that. Here's the thing. If you want to be a wife-beater-wearing, jorts-wearing, I don't even know, total dumbass redneck destroy a course, go play a dog track, goat track, local trashy muni, out in the boondocks, Arrowhead and Lowell, North Canton, Rockford, go play a garbage pile. If you're playing on the course that I live on that impacts my property values and courses that I like to play on, 
You don't drive your effing cart through a sand trap. That's not funny. And this wasn't accidental. This was over a hill into a sand trap. And when we're at it, how about you pick up a rake? Are we still, as golfers, afraid we might get COVID from a surface? Like we thought when we couldn't touch pins and we couldn't touch rakes two years ago at this time? No. Pick up a damn rake and rake your footprints. Pretty simple. It takes two seconds. It's called common courtesy. And if you think I'm being a Karen about it, hey, F off. Because there's etiquette in golf. Just because we had a pandemic and nobody had anything to do and so they decided that they wanted to go outside and, and play golf doesn't mean you don't follow some basic, decent rules for the people behind you. And while I'm at it, at Boulder Creek in particular, fix your damn ball marks. If you are on TikTok and you do anything with golf, there's about a video every five videos in your stream that show you how to fix a ball mark. Pretty simple stuff. It's etiquette. So I'm teeing up all you yahoos. You, If you want to go play golf, Hey, I'm all for growing the sport, but you want to play and you want to gather in your in your you know whatever garb, non-collared shirt, jean shorts, whatever. Hey, fine, go for it. Just like if you want to be gay, gay, fine, go for it. Don't do it in my backyard on my golf course that I pay good money for. Go play a goat track. I'm teeing up you yahoos because you don't deserve to be on a golf course. There are some things in this world that still should be a sanctimonious zone, and that would be one. All right, I could have podiumed that too for that matter, but that's my tee up for the week. We're going to go four downs again this week. We liked the topic of hodgepodge last week for first down, so we're going to do that again. It lets us kind of semi-prepare only for a few things each that we want to kind of have that are top of mind. Um, It's a little tougher in this time of year, as you know, because we don't have a ton of stuff that we typically like to talk about that has as much merit, not stuff, not much stuff's going on, but a little bit. So I'm going to turn it over to my co-host and let him start with uh, what's off the top of his mind in the hodgepodge down. Yeah, um, since we last spoke on Thursday, Michigan State, they hired an assistant coach. Wow, that's surprising for basketball. Thomas Kelly, um, Spartan alum. Okay. Grand Rapids. He's back. Native. Yeah, Grand Rapids Union High School was a... Played overseas for a while, was a GA at Michigan State to get into coaching, went over to Western for a few years, and then uh, he's back home. So, As my boy out. Cuz, sorry to cut you off, but as my boy Cuz so aptly said in the text when we when Polo shared that, don't shoot, that was kind of a common theme back when he was a point guard at Michigan State. I'm sorry, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, so happy he's there, good player development guy, and uh, mm. excited to see what he's going to bring to the table for Michigan State. Yeah, good track, good coaching track record. They had said it was going to be a Michigan State guy. I, I mean, joking aside, because um, we all have our guys that we, you know, even on the current team where you cringe and you're like, no, don't shoot that. Okay, that was a good shot. It's kind of like Bograkos when he took the game winner against Kentucky. Like he was the sixth guy, sixth option on the floor, Izzo would joke. Uh, TK was a good defensive player and a good point guard. Not necessarily the greatest shooter at that point in time, but as Ryan said, very good player development. Honestly, truthfully, transparently, that's something that I think has been lacking as Izzo's getting a little bit older. I think it was time to not shake up the staff. I don't think he was going to shake up the staff. He did a little bit last year. Um, But, you know, it was time if DJ's going to come back, especially it was time for DJ to go somewhere else. Love DJ, but it was time for him to go get some experience, run his own program, and to maybe run some guys back in a different capacity. Um, It's good to get different voices in the room. And it's okay to keep it in the family, but I'm a big fan of kind of 
even if you want to recycle that talent, I'm a big fan of kind of bringing in some new voices and new blood, especially when your head coach is getting older. Things are getting a little bit more tired for him. You know, he's looking at NIL. He's looking at recruiting, and he recruits the hell out of these guys that end up going to Duke because who knows what they were getting before NIL or, or Kentucky or wherever else. So I think it's about time um, that was an area of weakness, I felt like, for Michigan State. And I think that will only help guys, especially like Hogard, Walker, um, this new point guard that we have coming in this year, um, at or Aikens. Um, I think that's especially going to help those guys. Um, and let's face it, with only nine scholarship guys that they're going to ride with this year, that's what Izzo's saying, they're going to need to get really, really good out of those nine guys. Yep. So that's good. Um, I'm trying to think anything else. Big recruiting weekend for Michigan State, as we discussed earlier. And then last week I talked about that. We got a commitment. Uh, Chance Rucker from Denton, Texas, four-star cornerback. We have three Texas commits so far, so we're dipping into the south. Great to hear. Yeah, and Texas, uh, great football. We have, uh, there's more more coming here that should you know that the one if one falls you know Riley and I talk about this the dominoes are going to start falling more are going to start committing um, which is great and these guys are big time recruits and big time gets from Michigan State so we're uh, we're going in the right direction it's exciting stuff. Yeah, I think one thing for me and Ryan actually you pointed this out for one of my hodgepodge items. There's a great article by our boy Colton Pouncey, Michigan State's beat writer on the Athletic really broke down, you know, that Michigan State is just at the tip of the iceberg for trying to meet their expectations. Great article if you're an MSU person. Really kind of breaks down what, what there is, what to expect on the offense, on the defense, on special teams. You know, you might be shocked to know that actually Michigan State's now 12th-year punter. No, actually, I think he's a, a sixth-year guy, but, you know, he kind of took a circuitous path to there. He's the top-rated punter and actually could get drafted next year in the draft. So He's the he number one specialist. He looks a little bit like Ricky Vaughn from uh, Major League with those glasses. But yeah, I think, did, what did he have last year, like, yardage-wise, Ryan? It was some yeah, it was, sick numbers, like some of the most in history or one of the best averages in history or whatever. But while Ryan's looking that up, what I specifically wanted to call out, which I thought was really good, um, was uh, Pouncey covered up Michigan State's returning per- production percentage at different um, positions Um, and this kind of should give you a pretty good feel for this year now some of it's obviously not a surprise with some of the departures but um, just to kind of wet your whistle as we're here what probably less than about 90 days right from the start of football season 87 87 nice Um, passing yards 99 percent returning of course because Peyton Thorne threw for 32 33 last year and he's back and by all accounts, has even more command. The offense has slowed down even more. Um, that should be scary, captain, scary for the rest of the Big Ten. Rushing yards, of course, only 26% there, obviously, because K-9's gone. He had the fourth most rushing yards in, in a single season for Michigan State. Simmons is the leading returning rusher at 278, but I think Michigan State's got plenty there between Broussard and... Berger, Collins, Collins. I mean, Joyner, and Joiner and Simmons and Prim. I mean, they're they'll make up for it. It, it. it will be different. I think it'll definitely look different than it did last year because K nine was such a single game changer. But with Thorne that much batter, I think then going into this, sixty six percent of uh, receiving yards coming back, led by Reed with over a thousand. Ryan and I were watching. Was that on YouTube? Yeah. The other night he played a video that was every single Michigan State scoring play of this past season and holy cow if you want to get in like the mood already for football season that'll do it and how many of those now okay there were a fair amount that were nailer he had some big plays obviously there were a lot that were canine 
there were a lot that were read in an in exciting ways. I mean, I think he rushed, he caught, punt oh, return. Yeah. Um, electric. You know, and then you got some of these other guys, Keon Coleman, Montroy Foster. Uh, Trey Mosley. You know, Malik Carr, who didn't have a touchdown, but he, had, he caught a two-point conversion against Purdue. Trey Mosley, I mean... There's so much to be excited about there, and, and two-thirds of the receiving yards coming back with some great guys coming in as well. OL starts, this is kind of low and a little bit concerning, obviously. Concern, again. 33%. Um, the problem there is not so much the starters. I think the starting five is actually going to be pretty good. But as you know, the starting, no the starting five doesn't ever hold up for a whole season. It's just those guys take such a pounding on their knees and, and everywhere else. They're going to have to have... Probably they've got one guy who's coming off Carrick, who's coming off of a pretty good knee injury, who has experience. Otherwise, they've got a bunch of guys that have potential. A lot of them have been recruited by Tucker. They've got the size, they've got the attributes, but they're inexperienced. So two of those guys at least are going to have to step up. Maybe three. Um, and you know, Michigan State plays two MAC teams right out of the gate: Western and Akron. So. Western's probably going to be pretty decent. Akron, I don't know that it was all that great last year, but it's not quite the same as playing Youngstown State or whatever. So, you know, these guys are going to have to get some meaningful snaps early, I think. You know, I think it's we're past the transfer portal, so that's done. Switching over to defense tackles, 72% back. That's great. Two with 96. So the two leading tacklers, I think, are coming back. Yep. Um, tackles for loss, 67%. Henderson leads there. He's back. Sacks. 55%. Uh, Piotrowski is is the leader coming back there. He had five and a half last year, and I think with the new um, kind of pass rush specialist that we have, I think Michigan State's going to do really well here. Um, the transfer from Florida and some other things like that. And then uh, interceptions, 90% comes back, but that's not saying much because our leading interceptor was Cal Halliday, who took both of his back to the end zone for touchdowns last year. But that's also Michigan State at the worst defensive backs in the country, so that's got to improve. But still, those are all pretty promising things, um, you know, in a non-football time, but with recruiting heating up, and we all know how much stock Michigan State's been putting into recruiting. Um, Ryan had pointed that article out on The Athletic, and I thought that was a fantastic really read um, to kind of get you some hopes there. Um, I think one of my other things was uh, this stat that I got today. i got to go find it um, from my boy Chris, probably our one – guy that's listened to every single word of every single podcast sent a great little picture i think it might have been a tweet from the golden state warriors last night this would have been but sunday night draymond green joined lebron james boo michael jordan magic johnson and scotty pippen as the only players to rank in the top 10 all time in the nba finals assists and steals this is a guy who can still recite all the guys drafted ahead of him because he fell into the second round that nobody wanted to give a chance to, that's undersized, that plays all five positions, that guards all five positions, is kind of a, he's a coach on the floor. Wouldn't surprise me if someday he's a coach at Michigan State. Kudos to you, Draymond. All the stuff you do off the court, too. Um, just remarkable, and honestly, probably the only reason I'll watch any of the NBA Finals is just watch day-to-day play. So yep. I thought that was was pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> and my only other hodgepodge, I don't know if you had any more, Ryan, was just... And maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more in golf, but can we talk about the mad money in the Live Tour, the new Saudi Tour? They only so, offered Tiger, Bill. Yeah, reports, they said officially nine figures. So basically, they offered him nine, what sounds like, best we could tell, 
$1,999,999. To, we're talking about a guy who just today announced he's not playing in the U.S. Open because he can't get around on that one leg that he's got. I mean, we're talking about a guy who pretty much probably wouldn't have played, was going to get a bill. Now, of course, he doesn't need the money. He's very loyal to the PGA Tour, and he's staying. But let's also talk, it sounds like Phil might have gotten the neighborhood of $200 million. He's 51. I love Phil. Probably not going to be super competitive for much longer, although maybe on the Live Tour he might be. I mean, he did win the PGA last year. Um, I wish he would have announced just announced this and come back for the PGA and, and done his victory lap, but whatever. DJ, we talked about last week. I've heard conflicting 125 mil, 132 mil. He resigned his um, status on the PGA Tour today. Um, and then you got other guys too, like Taylor Gooch, Kevin Na, whatever. Um, but the other thing, mad money wise, um, and I think is a very valid point. BQ, great, great golf writer and a good kind of Michigan State, Michigan basketball, football columnist type writer for the Athletic. Great story on James. Pyatt, who was the USAM winner out of Michigan State. So we're talking probably Ryan, what, maybe a top 30 NCAA golfer? Maybe. I mean, not even the best on his team at Michigan State, but he caught fire and he won the USAM. Awesome. Kudos to him because he gets no penalty from the PGA. He's getting somewhere he wouldn't wouldn't say exactly, but the best guess they could do is between two and six million dollars to play in these seven LIV events. You're, now, you think about it. This is Ryan's age, basically. Somebody's going to offer you, let's say on the low end, $2 million to just show up and play. And, oh, by the way, if you finish last in all of these events, you're, you're going to get $120,000 for every last place finish, too. So you're talking about another cool eight hundred and forty or nine hundred. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at you know, close to $3 million if you're on the high end of that, close to $7 million, And that's if you finish last in every tournament. To go get status versus grinding on the corn ferry or whatever, I'm telling you what. And again, we can talk about it a little bit more in the golf um, segment. Fourth down, this is going to change. It's going to force change from the PGA, and probably in a good way. Um, I think the money, like I said, is mad money. I mean, it's sick. It's endless. Look at the Premier Soccer League teams that are owned by the, these people. I I don't know. Well, I know where it comes from. It comes from every time I fill up my truck at five dollars and twenty cents a gallon. Um, but regardless, this endless pit of money that just goes and goes and goes, it's going to make the PGA have to adjust what it does and approach how it does things. Because here's another thing. We're talking 54 whole events, three-day events, no cuts. That's kind of appealing to somebody as opposed to a 72-hole grind for maybe finishing if you barely make the cut and you finish out the weekend and you make what? You know. 30,000, depending, 50,000, it depends on the event, I guess. I mean, this is going to change the course of golf, maybe in some ways for the bad, and put the human rights stuff aside. That's that's bad. But, you know, at the same time, how would I tell Ryan, if he was James Pyatt, you can't take $3 million to go, well, we'll deal with the other part. It doesn't mean you have to believe in it. It's kind of like these raised players. You can say, hey, everybody has their rights, but I don't believe in it, so I'm not going to wear the patches. Kind of the, that's kind of, I guess, where my view is starting to go here a little bit. It'll be really interesting to see how much legs this tour has and what it does in yeah, for golf. I agree. It's going to be uh, something else. wonder who else is going to jump ship. Anything else you got from the hodgepodge perspective, Ryan? Anything else no, on top of mind? So. I don't think so. It's kind of quiet season. I mean, we've got a couple Nothing golf majors going. coming up, but... 
you know, we're not big in the pro stuff. The Tigers suck, so. Yeah, they're pretty good. As as good as like, going into last week, they actually had a really good week against the Twins, and then they just got absolutely hammered, excuse me, hammered by the Yankees in a four-game series or a three-game series. Anyway, on to second down, which has become obviously our weekly bracket. This week I thought about this on my drive home. We're going to do ice cream flavors. Try to keep this fun. Last week we did top NBA guys, so we'll mix in some sports. I think actually next week if we want to give a sneak peek, we're probably going to rank. Uh, we're going to do a, a bracket of the top 16 basketball college basketball coaches. But for this week, we're going food. We're going ice cream. It's summer. It's Michigan. We love our ice cream. All right, first we have the basics bracket. Number one seed, chocolate, against number four seed, vanilla. Vanilla. Oh, Ryan's got a little bit of upset. Um, I, I'm going to go, I'm actually going to go vanilla too, because I feel like you can do more things with vanilla, mm-hmm. you know, from a Sunday perspective or whatever. I mean, even if you'd eat it straight up, I'd probably go vanilla. Probably vanilla soft serve over, over, over hard serve. Um, playing the winner of number two, strawberry, number three, Neapolitan. Oh, Neapolitan, the mix of all three. Oh, look at that. Ryan going with the Neapolitan. I'm going to go strawberry and about, all right, vanilla or Neapolitan, Ryan? Uh, I'll go Neapolitan. Ryan goes with the Neo, and I'm going to go strawberry. Love, love a good strawberry. All right. They will face the winner of the you nuts bracket. Number one seed, chocolate peanut butter against number four seed, Butter pecan. The the first one you said. Chocolate peanut butter. <laughs> you don't even pay attention. No, just CPB. Um, and <clears throat> facing the winner of number two seed, triple peanut butter, specifically from Hudsonville Ice Cream, local to Holland, Michigan. If you like peanut butter, this is the best peanut butter ice cream I've ever had, period, bar none. Don't at me. The, against pralines and pecan, which is one of my uh, Kilwin's favorites. Triple peanut butter. Okay. Triple peanut butter, and we've got chocolate peanut butter, chocolate which you know peanut is butter takes the and, okay. Thing. So you got chocolate peanut butter, and I've got triple peanut butter. All right, so then we're going to move on to the fruity bracket. This is where you should play. Um, <laughs> number one seed orange sherbet against number four seed Superman, which which let's be honest orange. is just multicolored. Like Superman. Superman is multicolored vanilla ice cream, yeah, basically. It's not but, good. Okay, so sherbet OS. I agree, sherbet. Um, facing off against number two seed Dreamsicle or number three seed Traverse City Chocolate Cherry. Yeah, I don't really like cherry, so definitely Dreamsicle. Dreamsicle, yep, I got to go with that too. You know, Dreamsicle's going all the way. Yep, I had one tonight actually uh, after dinner. It was fantastic, so I got Dreamsicle there. All right, and then we got the classics. Number one, Mint Chocolate Chip against number four, Cookies and Cream. Cookies and Cream. And I'm going Mint Chocolate Chip. I like both, but... And then, uh, so Ryan's got some some upsets in here. And then number two seed, chocolate chip cookie dough against number four seed, or sorry, number three seed, Mackinac Island Fudge. Chocolate chip cookie dough. Chocolate chip cookie dough. And I'm going Mackinac Island Fudge. All right, Ryan. Um, cookies and cream or chocolate chip chocolate cookie chip dough? Chocolate chip cookie dough it is. Chocolate chip cookie dough. And I'm going to go Mackinac Island Fudge, the number three seed. Okay. All right, so we've got, uh, you've got Neapolitan. Facing off against chocolate peanut butter. Um, Neapolitan. Wow, a little surprise. That's like a you're, you're basic. And I've got um, strawberry facing off against triple peanut butter. I'm going triple peanut butter for sure. Okay. 
And then you've got, we both have Dreamsicle. I'm you going have cookie them, dough. chocolate chip cookie dough. Okay. And I've got Dreamsicle against Mackinac Island Fudge. I'm going to go Dreamsicle actually for that one. Okay. And then for the finals, you have Neapolitan against chocolate chip chocolate cookie dough. Chocolate chip cookie dough takes it home for me. Chocolate chip cookie dough for Ryan. And I am going to stick with the triple peanut butter as my Shocking. winner. Shocker. Love my peanut butter. I'm really pissed. Somebody threw the GIF away because they thought it might have whatever recall Some on it. Yellow. So now i got to share peanut butter with the dogs. I'm not very happy about that. All right. Fun bracket. Number two, food bracket. We've done a lot of food brackets so far this year. And we've got some more food and 80s stuff and whatever. we got plenty of those to get us through the summer. Um, but if you think of another good one you want us to do, let us know. Let Actually, us know. this is a good time to mention. I should have mentioned the hodgepodge as well. Ryan put out a call on Twitter. Next week's is going to be all about we're going to do our golf segment because it's a preview for the U.S. Open. But it's the rest of it pretty much, or at least segment one hodgepodge, is mailbag. So if you have questions, if you have something that you want us to cover, I know Mom, a.k.a. Mana, you uh, threw a couple topics at us. I think we're going to kind of get to those maybe in one of our future wait, 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 topics. Wait, hold on, anyway. folks. This, I didn't even know this until Hodgepodge actually hit the biggest bet win I've ever hit. I just looked at my drafting. I didn't even know I won it, but... Four dollars and eight eighty-eight cents down on some boost parlay to win a hundred and sixteen dollars the other day. Didn't even know it until now. I just nice looked. breaking betting news, which I placed my first Holy bets tonight. Crap. We'll get to the golf segment on for the golf tournament this weekend. It's the first time I've bet in months, so I've had some money just sitting out there and thought I was burning a hole in my pocket. All right, so that's Ryan's good news for the day. Let's move on to. Our Mount Rushmore this week, Ryan, tee us up, or, yeah, literally, tee, not tee up as in tee up like technical foul, but tee up as in golf, tee us up for what the topic is this week. Yeah, uh, Mount Rushmore this week we're going to do in honor of um, the U.S. Open coming next week. We are going to do um, our, our Mount Rushmore of U.S. Open venues. Uh, fun one, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to, like, should we create a together, a, like, debate it and create a four? Yeah, let's debate it and create a four. Okay, I'll, I'll just list one that I think should be on there no matter what. Pinehurst. Pinehurst number seven? Number two. Or two. Is Pinehurst it number, number two? two? yeah. Yeah. What am I thinking number seven? Number seven, There's, maybe the women's U.S. Open played there or something. They played yeah, Pine Needles this week. Pinehurst. Yeah, Phil I think. won it there. Or, I'm sorry, Phil lost to... Yeah, Payne Stewart, the mm-hmm. year that he passed away, the year that you were born. 99. Yeah, you know, I, I do like that venue. It's a course you can play as the public, which I think yeah, is always sweet. great. Um, I mean, I love it at some of these country clubs. Yeah, at this point, I would say it's hard to argue. I, I've got a couple in mind that are no-brainers on, on my list. I probably have three that are slam dunks for me, and then I could go with anything else. So I, I'll go with that. So I'll throw one at you, Ryan. Shinnecock Hills. Yes, Without a doubt. That's I, a great diabolical. Need to have him there more often. Um, I remember Retief Goosen beat Phil in one of Phil's heartbreaking second place finishes where Phil like three jacked 16 or 17, which is a par three. After coming out of the sand, took like a double bogey. Um, you know, it just is that type of course. Like uh, Corey Pavin hit like a miracle five wood, I think it was, like a literal persimmon wood back then, not when they were metal before they were metal, um, like stuck it in real close that he tapped in for a birdie or something like that at that course. Brooks Kepka got a win there most recently. 
I don't think that they have it there often enough. I think it's an incredible venue, and New Yorkers, while a little crass, when they they probably would disagree with me with the whole driving your cart through sand traps and all that. Actually, I think they're a little crass, but they also understand golf. I think it's a good fan base. Shinnecock is on that list for me. Yeah, for sure. I think so. Next time the Open's coming, there's 2026, and that's that's the only one on the list. But you look at I'm looking at the future sites. Um, Piners is they have 2024, 2029, 2035, 2041, 2047. So like every five or six years. That's definitely good. And it's been a little while since we've had it there. Um, coming up, I think that should that could we debate that Oakmont. Oakmont, I think that's debatable. Um, here's one I'm going to throw at you instead for that because I think we'll agree on the fourth one. I'm going to say Bethpage Black. Which one's better, Oakmont or Bethpage Black? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Oakmont's more. Oakmont's been around More longer now, and it's changed because it used to be heavily wooded, and then they shaved all the trees down for when before DJ won it. They got the Church Pew bunkers. That's where Pyatt, Michigan State, yeah. you know, guy won the U.S. Amateur last year. The Turnpike literally like runs right through it. I could go with that. I think that's a little bit more classic course. It's it's been around, I guess, in the Roto a little bit longer. Bethpage Black has done a PGA though too. They That's, posted it twice. I think what I I think what I like about Bethpage is that it's again a Shinnecock isn't, but it's a course that we could play. Like if you're willing right. to get in the parking lot at 2 a.m. and throw your golf ball in the hopper, and it's a parks course, right? So you can play it. Um, I'd say Pebble should be in there. Pebble's the, that's why I didn't say that because I 100% agree. Pebble and they have it about every five years going forward for yeah, basically they do. forever. Let's say they have it. 2027, 2032, 2037, 2044. It's just a timeless classic. Like, it's beautiful to watch on TV. Small greens, so it makes accuracy. Like, it makes up in its today's standards lack of length um, with some of its tough shots, the different weather conditions you can get, whether it's the June gloom or, you know, it's a breeze off the ocean. Um, you know, stuff like the well-placed cypress tree, I think it is, in the middle of 18. Um and it's just classic, right? Like, it never dies. It never gets old. And it's always plays tough. Even, again, it's not the longest course. There's not a whole lot of room to add more length. And that's fine by me. It's just a great test of golf. And, again, even though it's really expensive, it's a course that we can play. I'm a, I, I'm not against country clubs because we picked Shinnecock. Um, Oakmont's a country club. Mm-hmm. You could argue maybe Oakland Hills, especially in the redo. Yeah. Ryan and I got to play Oakland Hills. Classic, great, great course. course. Um, you know, so there's something to be said, certainly, for those courses. But I love, like, the fact that it was at Torrey Pines a couple years ago. I love that the PGA a couple years, last year when Phil won it was at Kiowa, which you can play. Um, I just, it when it gives you as a golfer something to aspire to, like, I can go play there and say, I played at that course like we did for, you know, Harbortown play a course that pros have played. I don't know. There's just something different about that for me. Now, again, that doesn't mean that I would turn down going to play Oakmont or Shinnecock because I certainly would play those in a heartbeat. Um, and I would definitely put those on our Mount Rushmore because I think those two belong there with Pebble and what was the first one? Oh, uh, Piners. Piners, yeah. Um, but the ones that are playable by the non-wife beater cart driving in the sand crew um, – those are those are just really really good courses. 
All right. Any any other courses you want to throw out there, Ryan? Um, I mean, like Marion's, Marion's good, a good one. But yeah, Baltusrol. Much Tory Pines. It hasn't hosted Torrey that Pines many, but Tory right. Pines is, is that's a course I'd love to play. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely uh, some some good ones on the list there, for sure. All right, and that takes us aptly into golf. It's not U.S. Open yet. Um, U.S. Open will be next week. It's always the week of uh, my wedding anniversary and kind of bookended by, which happens to fall a week later, Ryan's birthday. So it's always a, a good time of the year going on. Father's Day. Father's Day is in there, yep. Um, always look forward to watching it. It's kind of the one weekend maybe a year I root for Ant Weather in Michigan just because I don't want to feel guilty not playing golf on my own while I'm glued to the TV watching the golf. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to that, so we'll get into that more next week. But we'll go to fourth down. We'll go golf. Um, we did not do our contest officially last week, although I kind of think you threw out Cam Davis. I threw out Cam I said, Smith. I said Cam Young. Cam Young. There's so many Cam. He didn't end up doing well. Uh, Cam Smith was right He's there, and then right. he tanked off the last couple of days. So I think Billy, he, Billy Ho. maybe finished 10. Yeah, Billy Horschel, huge win. Big win. Um, funny, I read that he's like the, what was the analogy? I think it was BQ that gave him like, he looks like he walked off, walked onto the course out of straight out of the PGA Superstore that you find in airports, which is pretty funny. I mean, he's the Ralph Lauren guy. He's dressed to the nines. He has, you know, he's, um, he was Batman a couple years ago. Looks just like him. Um, he takes a lot of stuff, we'll say, for having being a little bit temperamental. But, hey, I play with this guy next to me that's a temperamental golfer that I have to give a reverse pep talk to once in a while. Hell, John Rahm almost hit somebody hit with his club last weekend because he threw it because he was mad. That's a little out of control. But So whether you like Horschel or not, we didn't necessarily see a lot of that because Ryan actually got to play twice this weekend. The beauty to me of that win is, first of all, he's really good. I mean, he he's won, very good. In 2014, he won the FedEx Cup, and we thought, well, he's going to be great. Then he had a lot of things. You know, these guys, they keep their personal lives pretty private, and he faced a lot of stuff. Like, I didn't know this. I read that his wife was an alcoholic. And in this time, then since that, since she kind of got off the sauce, they have three kids. And if you watched it, he's never had his wife and kids, his whole family, at a golf tournament that he won. Now, he's only won twice between, I think, 2015 and last year, he only won twice. So he hasn't been winning all that often. But the point is he hadn't had his whole family there. And their excitement, they came out, they're all excited to see Dad. And then the little girl's like, or, you know, the mom's like, we won. And one of his daughters is like, he won? And she was even, like, squealing with even more excitement. That's like, to me as a dad, that's what it's all about. These kids just were celebrating the fact that they got to see their daddy do what he does. And their little guy, he's like three He's a range rat already, Jim Nance says. And just the way they celebrated and even hyped it up even more when he won. I thought that was a pretty special moment. That was and, very special. And he's a guy who's been playing really well this year. And we'll talk again more next week. Um, I think you know he's kind of one of those outsider guys uh, to consider for the U.S. Open. But, yeah, um, yeah we didn't do any official picks because we were coming off a of vacation. It was late in the week. Um, but that was a, a fun one to watch. Love the Memorial. Such a fantastic golf course. Yeah. Oh yeah, unbelievable course. golf yeah. course. Let's get to the li- let's talk about live more. Um, yeah, go for it. What's on your mind? Yes, I don't. I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. I just, I the money part I get, but it's just that's all that's good about it, right? I mean, everyone, the people are just ripping it. That's all I see on social media is ripping, um, you know, this tour. 
Um, you know, it's understandable for young guys, but, you know, a guy like DJ, like, dude, you have enough, like, I get it. Like, it's money, but he's just stupid. So he's like, oh, I'll take it. So. so, but let me ask you a question. To Phil's point, though, does this force the PGA to look at itself and kind of realize they don't have a monopoly on it anymore? I mean, you could, the European PGA, it's not called that anymore. It's called something else. But the Euro Tour, you know, there's some good names that play there, but the big names play in the PGA Tour. So does this force them, though, money aside, I agree. For some people, that's a no-brainer. Like, if it was you, I'd be like, dude, it's a no-brainer. Go get set for life, and then we'll deal with other stuff later. Um, especially because it wouldn't impact your status if you were coming in as an amateur. Um, so money aside, does it force the PGA Tour to start to look at things, the things that Phil was mad about? And now the problem there is it sounded like sour grapes from somebody who's already one of the richest players ever in golf to basically sound greedy to say the PGA won't give me what's mine in terms of my media rights. But media rights is a big one at the table. Like these guys have no rights to any of their media stuff. The PGA owns it all. So they can't, in essence, they can't make money off their in-round, in-tournament name, image, and likeness. So I, I get that argument. I So I ask you, Ryan, before I give my opinion, do you think it change, it forces the PGA to look inwardly a little bit and say, you know what? There's some things that we have to do to change to upgrade ourselves to stay at the top, or do they risk do they risk having a true second competitor? It, is the is the live the USFL to the NFL, which is different now than it was in the eighties, or could the live be right there, right on its heels? Is it like the CFL, you couldn't say is right on the heels, but is the is it like NFL too? I mean, if no. the PGA doesn't change, I think that I think it does force the PGA to change. You know, some of the stuff they're doing, but I don't think it's. I think this is honestly going to last like a year and then it'll fizzle out. It's one of those things. But everything that I've read is the money is endless. How is that even possible? Uh, that I'm telling you, five dollars and twenty cents a gallon That's on ridiculous. a thirty six gallon tank is how it's possible. Times however many million people. Until the government makes us all pay $85,000 for electric cars that we can't plug in because we don't have the right receptacle. Um, see, I think that, yes, this forces the PGA to change. I don't think the live's going to go away, but I would say this. I do, I'm going to say that the live is going to be closer to the 80s USFL that was run by Trump, um, or at least he owned one of the teams. They, today's USFL is in any other facsimile of leagues that have tried to go the XFL times two and all that other stuff. None of them have the closest thing the NFL has ever had to a competitor where true NFL guys like Herschel Walker was a great example. Steve Young was a great example. Some of those players went there first um, in the eighties. That's what I think the live is going to do. And that I think probably ultimately the USFL ran, ran out of money Um but I think it also forced the NFL to kind of look inwardly a little bit. I think that's what it's going to force. I think the live is going to stick around for three to five years. I don't think the money will run out. But I think, you know, maybe guys, Chris made a great point last week. One of the differences is, okay, Ryan, we're paying you $3 million to come play on our tour as a brand new professional. Oh, by the way, we don't care that you're getting married. Change your wedding date. We don't care that you're having a kid in the middle of the season. You have a tournament yeah, to play. Like you, you're you're going to be forced under a contract to attend and play in all the events unless you basically are dead. 
Um, so some of that flexibility, which of course you can walk away from whatever you want, basically in the PGA tour, you know, if you need to take weeks off cause you're not playing well, you need to take weeks off cause your wife's sick cause your girlfriend is pregnant, whatever the case may be, you can do that. That's going to be one of the things that I think will wear thin. I agree. DJ is not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Um, he doesn't need the money anyway. Phil doesn't need the money either. I think Phil's doing it just to prove a point. Yeah, um, and and that's the thing is, honestly, he did it a bass-ackwards, let's face it, shitty way. But him going is a face of what the Live Tour is going to force the PGA to change. And I think eventually the PGA changes. I think they're going to be stubborn. But again, I, I liken this to the 80s USFL or the NFL. I give it three to five years, and it'll kind of fade away. And everybody else would be welcome back with open arms. Kind of along the lines well, did of... You, did you see the news that came out? The USGA said yep. that they can play in the U.S. Open this year. Um, I was going to say that because I think that that's one thing that gives the Liv some legs. Is like if, if these guys... So a DJ, Phil not so much anymore. I mean, he did win a major at 50, but DJ is still in his prime. Um, so if, And so far, not any other huge name. Sergio, you could say, is past his prime, but... Um, It'd be one thing if if you were shut out of basically everything except for maybe the British. Um, so you can't play in the PGA, which they still might not be able to. They can't play in the Masters, can't play in the USGA, you know, or the US Open, can't play in the Ryder Cup, can't play in the President's Cup. Those are the things I think that ultimately matter the most to golf and golf fans at the end of the day. Um, you know, so the USGA making a stance, those are the things that will make the live last longer. But if all the other tournaments, if the Masters says, nope, we're making a stance, we're siding with the PGA, if the Ryder Cup, if the President's Cup and all those things say, no way, you can't play if you're in the live, that's what will sh- shut that down faster, I think. Um, but I do think that is a statement by the you know, USGA to say, you know what, whatever, we don't care, we just want the best golfers in the world. I agree. And so it'll, it'll be really interesting. So how, how long would you predict that it lasts? The live... Right. There's I'll only eight tournaments so far scheduled, or seven eight tournaments. Eight tournaments. I'll say, I guess a year, so I said a year before. I'll say early 2024, it'll be done. Okay. I think and, it'll fizzle out. And do you think the PGA will take back guys like Nah, like DJ that resigned? Probably, but it might, I think, I don't know. It depends on how, I don't know. I, I think they will, but it'll be kind of weird, honestly. Be awkward. And how would you as a fan... Except, like, we don't, it's not like we live anywhere. We live, have an LPGA event right down the street in a couple weeks. But it, let's just say you lived somewhere where they always had, you know, a tournament. Let's say in Columbus and you went to the Memorial every every year. And you were a huge DJ fan. Does him moving all of a sudden make you hate DJ? No. Does Phil leaving make you a non-Phil fan? No, I still like, like Will Phil. you root for Phil in the U.S. Open? Yeah, but I just, you know, just puts that... I guess it's a little damper on it. Damper on it, yeah. Okay. It's just kind of fair. Know, I don't know. Fair. Um, before we get to, well, let's go to our question of the week for golf, and then we'll we'll talk about our um, RBC picks, and then we'll we'll wrap up for the week. So, question of the week. And this is not one that I took from um, the golf debates TikTok, although probably is similar to one, and maybe they can grab it. Um, here's the question: You can go on a ten day trip and play every open slash a.k.a. British Open course, currently or formerly in the Rota. So 10 days, 10 British Open courses in Ireland, Scotland, England. Yeah. Or 
Play the 10 most popular slash commonly played U.S. Open courses in 10 days, all travel included. But whichever you don't choose, you can never do it in your life again. So, a.k.a. if you pick the U.S. Open courses, whether they're country clubs or not, you can never go on a, in a, on a Ireland I'd probably do whatever the U.S. Open because, in, because you can't play country club anyway. It's so hard to get in then there. You can go there multiple times. But I'm saying, though, if you pick the U.S. Open courses, you can't go play there ever. I can't go play Ireland ever? No, you oh, can't. Then go, I definitely you can't well, go to... You could go to Ireland, I guess, we'll Britain, say, but Britain. you could never play the British Open oh, courses. Oh, then I'd do the British Open courses. So, yeah, so that's the debate, is would you would you pick basically 10 British Open courses that you could play and then never play the U.S. Open courses ever, or vice versa, knowing that whatever one you pick, you can't ever do the other one? Yeah. So I, you'd go the British Open yeah. courses? I would, too, um, especially with all travel included. I just think it would be sick to play Turnberry and... I mean, I can't even think about all the names. St. Andrews, I mean, Carnoustie, all those famous courses. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I that's that's where I would pick, too. I mean, it would be tough to not play those those U.S. Open venues. I guess the hard part would be that would mean maybe never Pebble, never Piners, never Torrey, whatever. But, hey, here in Michigan, we've got Arcadia Bluffs, Forest Dunes. We've got, like, five or six of the top 100 courses, so who cares? So I'm with you. I'm going British. All right. This week, RBC Canadian Open, right? Yep. Who you got for your picks? Reigning champion, Roy McIlroy. Tony Finau. Tony Finau. Frozone, he's, he got over the hump finally last year in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Hasn't been that great this year. I'm going to go with two guys that have been kind of there and poking around the leaderboard. One guy who was in the lead last week on 11 and then shot a 45 on the back. I'm going Matthew Fitzpatrick mm. and then Harold Varner the third. Okay. And I actually put money on those two cats this week. Nice. First time in a while I've, I've put a little bit of money down. I had to get warmed up for the U.S. Open. I like it. All right. Any other golf thoughts? No. No course reviews. We played Makatawa Legends last week. We played Boulder Creek here. We're playing Kaufman. We've already reviewed those courses, but... Coming up June 24th, 25th, we're going up to play Forest Dunes and The Loop um, in the bootlegger. So we will 100% give a review of that. And which, by the way, Ryan, what's the podcast that you... No Laying Up. No Laying Up. If you want something fun to watch and you're really a golf nut like we are, Kyle, probably you, watch their U- as a YouTube series, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And they have a tourist series and they spent season seven, I think, in Michigan. So first of all, they played... Diamond Springs, Pilgrim's Run, and the Mines, because they're all the same designer. And then in another episode, they play Forest Dunes. We started to watch the one where they play Boyne. So it's really fun to see it from an outsider's perspective and see some of the aerial views of those courses that you play too. So just a little shout out to another fellow podcast. All right, Ryan, let's go into the sprint in that way as we always do. We're going to go keep it in the golf family and look at the last two weeks. Better win. Burns with his kind of sit around and then great three shots to win the Colonial or Horschel at the Memorial? Um, I think the Burns one is impressive because he kind of came in cold. I think that's cool. Yeah, I mean, he did come in cold. I'm going to go Horschel just because of we got to the story and that epic like 65-footer, I think, eagle that he made on, I think it was 15 on Saturday that really kind of like pushed him to the top, gave him a five-shot lead going into Sunday. I'm going to say that Horschel. Um, was a better win. I think that Chris Chris sent me something. I'm going to see if I can find it a second. It's, it's worth 
it's worth digging up again for our golf uh, fans because this is just insane. So not a whole lot of people will necessarily understand this. Kyle, you will. The slope at Muirfield Village from the tees, the, the pro tees, 155. The handicap, 77.4. That means a scratch golfer would shoot about plus 21. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and he was what? 13, 14, 15, 10, something, whatever, double digits under for the weekend. Mm-hmm. That is just unreal. absolutely insane, unreal. All right, sprint spot number two, cup cone, sugar cone, or waffle cone for your waffle favorite ice cone. cream. Yep, waffle cone, got to go with that. Better local track that we play. Getting back on golf. Makatawa Legends or Kaufman, which we're playing this weekend. Kaufman. That's a hard one for me. I, I like Kaufman. But I really like Mac Legends, even though it's a really hard course. I'm going to go Mac Legends on that one. No offense, Kaufman. Don't don't let that be mean that Ryan's going to beat me for a change. And number four, in honor of a lot of things that are wrong, what's the biggest bend over right now? Enlist West Michigan road construction or five dollars and nineteen cents a gallon gas? Yes. I'm going to say damn both because I have to sit in the traffic burning five dollars and nineteen cents a gas forty miles. One way has turned into more like 45 miles because I try to go on the, all of the off back roads to find my way around it. Screw you, Michigan. You do all your construction in like three months, which I get it. We have winter here. But like spread your projects out over 10 years, not in one year. Unbelievable. And gas is only going up and up. Sounds like it's going to be six bucks maybe by 4th of July. Um, for those who can't do math and still think that Biden is better than Trump, I guarantee you, your raise last year, your cost of living raise, doesn't include the cost of inflation right now. Enough said. All right, Ryan, give us a little bit of a closeout. Yeah, reminder um, to send us your mailbag questions. Um, you can text it to us if you, you have our number. Um, message us on um, on Twitter, um, whatever, LinkedIn, MySpace, whatever you guys use. Give us a call. I don't care. We're going to start creating a list, and we'll talk U.S. Open as well. But, yeah, we want you know any questions sports-wise, anything like that, we'll we'll answer those and go through them. So. We'll turn that into first down next week. That'll be our, our replacement for HodgePodge. So come one, come all. doesn't matter. The topic can be something that you want to stump us with. You want to talk about equestrian. You want to talk about polo. You want to talk about you name it. Throw it at us. We'll debate it. We'll talk about it because we'll have our bracket. We'll have our Mount Rushmore. We will have U.S. Open preview as well. All right, so with that, another great week in the books. Shout out to excuse me, our presenting sponsor, Team Andrews Realtors. If you are in West Michigan and you have realty needs and the realty market is still hot, get a hold of Jim, Donna, Tim, Sean, and company. Great family, great people, great realtors, teamanders.com. Meantime, as Bob and Tom Band said... 